It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Yahoo! Yahoo. There we go. It had to think about it. This week, starring Mr. Joe Brandt. Yeah, baby! level on that and this week we're going to talk about my favorite subject metadata yeah baby metadata data <laughs> welcome to the big show joe thank you so much thank you for <laughs> having me <laughs> oh man i'm sorry that it took this long to have you mm-hmm. um okay i'm gonna look at notes and hello everybody in the chat room hello um how many people do we have in the chat room I don't know. Usually, somewhere around a hundred. I don't know. Uh, it, they build up over time. Musicians often come late. Um, anyway, uh, I see a lot of Bob Gunnerfeld in there. Dan Weber. Who else do we have? That's it. Only two. Is that possible? <laughs> Ari, that we've only got two people in the chat room. Uh, they all went to the event, so. I think it's just- uh, okay, it's buffering. Can't have that. I'm sorry. What? No, they were, they all went to the presentation at the taxi. Yeah, rally, maybe. So. <laughs> so I'm very excited to have. I gotta remember, cameras over there. Very excited to have Joe on the show because um, not only is he, he an esteemed member of the taxi A and R staff um, with just tons of experience, but he did a presentation, a class this year at the Taxi Road Rally that was by far the biggest hit out of all the classes. I mean, seriously, wow. even Liz came down here before from the front desk to tell me that people are still sending emails saying, oh, wow. I love that class. That's great. So I'm excited to be able to share it today with all of you guys. Um, and let's tell you a little bit about Joe so that you know that you're getting this stuff from somebody who's qualified. He is a music supervisor slash producer with over 10 years experience in the entertainment industry, skilled in music clearance, licensing, and editing. Uh, He's also expert at curating and keywording music based on genre, subgenre, tempo, featured instrumentals, and mood. He's a composer and a publisher with BMI and a member of the Guild of Music Supervisors. He holds a degree in audio engineering and another one in web development and communications. So, um, as I said in the email that you guys read uh, before uh, today's show that I sent out, uh, having metadata, having the right metadata, having it in the right place is so crucial to your success in the music industry, not just for film and TV placements. That's the thing. People think, oh, it's just for like music library work, but it's also really important for Spotify, Pandora, getting your videos uh, seen on YouTube. It's just... It's critical. Yeah. So yeah, videos, YouTube, uh, photography, you know, any type of stock, anything, not just music. Yeah. Yeah. People search, yeah, and, and if you don't have the words yeah, in there, it's and basic SEO. Any product you have is going to need metadata. People don't even understand what SEO. What? I'm sorry. I <laughs> see a conversation going on the other <laughs> side of the room. Is something not working? Um, anyway, Joe's, Joe's class was a huge hit. Um, so I'm going to start splitting my duties today. Um, I'm doing something that I normally would never do. And that is Joe's class was such a big hit that I asked him to give me his, um, what do you call it? Uh, slide presentation, um, PowerPoint. So we've got the slides embedded in uh, our software and I am going to attempt to be your charming host 
and to be toggling back and forth between the live shot and the slides. And hopefully when the slides are up, you'll be able to hear the two of us talking. Hopefully. So let's find out if I can be Johnny Carson and the technical director. Um, so let's get down to business and tell people exactly what metadata is. Yes, uh, I mean, just the <laughs> most basic, you know, form of just uh, relevant information, uh, relevant data about data, it's just drilling it down as far down as you can possibly can. So, uh, like we mentioned before, data is not just music, it's it's everything from uh, any, you know, videos, uh, photography, uh, clothing, spreadsheets, it's all the basic information that you would need. Uh, I think we have a. Did, did, I think we have a slide that has the breakdown of just. I basic, got it up already. Yeah, so there's no reason to go down a list. But uh, all of this is relative to music too. And the reason why I first got into, uh, I guess, metadata was uh, I was a web developer, like you mentioned. So yeah. Worked for a footwear company that had great, uh, you know, healthcare foot. Yeah. Uh, products and the competition was killing them, and the competition's product was inferior. And the reason why they were making so much money online is they had incredible SEO presence Where online. So SEO means search, search engine, engine optimization. optimization. Yeah. So the keywords, the metadata descriptions in the, in the websites and the files, uh, all the alt tags, every piece of uh, you know product had so much information in. And it's just the same thing with music, really. Uh, some composers have the best music out there, but nobody can find it because there's no information, there's no metadata, there's no way to search for it. You know, it, it's, it, I don't want to say that it's heartbreaking, but it is heartbreaking that yes, there's yes. A, a misconception amongst musicians that back in the day was more true than it is today. And that is if your song or your instrumental or whatever is just so damn good, none of that stuff matters because greatness is going to rise to the top. Mm -hmm. It's going to be discovered. Your life is going to change. Everything's going to be wonderful. But because of the availability of software and the marketing channels and distribution channels through the internet now, everybody is a rock star. Yes, everybody's a true. record label. Everybody's a this or that. And so great music, it's only great if people hear it and they're not going to hear exactly. it if they don't get the metadata. Exactly. Right. Yeah, same thing with anything. Yeah, just if you don't have the right marketing, if you don't have the right SEO tools, if you don't, you know, yeah. um, have the right push behind it, no one's going to find it. I, uh, you know, I, I'm a music supervisor also, so I'm constantly looking for music. And we spoke before how the Viacom site has literally a million pieces of music. So that's my. You know, you finally get a deal with a library. You finally get signed. You get your money. You finally have your music in a library. It gets approved by Viacom. It's finally this giant portal with a million pieces of music. And how do they find you? And uh, a lot of times, you know, as you know, with uh, you know, reality shows and you know, unscripted, the deadlines are crazy. It's always last minute. We need this, this, and this. We need, you know, these 10 different types of scenes. These are the 10 different types of music we need. These are the moods. You got a half hour. <laughs> yeah. And um, we only have such limited time to find what we find. And Scooting a lot of times, it's just the music we find first that makes the cut. Right. And uh, days later, I find music like, wow, this was so much better. <laughs> That's got to be a little heartbreaking. I, 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 you know, I just go into the metadata just out of curiosity, and they don't have the keywords that we were looking for. It's like you have the music, you just no one's finding it because they're not telling them how to find it. It's sad, you know, and it's so really it's really sad. yeah, it is sad, and and but it's you know that's one thing you know a lot of companies are now paying, 
you know, good money just for to get metadata. Yeah, put because in. it's going to need to be found. Um, Let's talk for a moment about the streaming services, mm -hmm. too. Uh, let's not just concentrate, sure. although mostly what we're sure. going to be talking about today will be, you know, from the music supervisor, music library perspective. But for Spotify, Pandora, um, Apple Music, etc., cetera, um, it, it's also important there because consumers are searching. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and playlists your, are built from what people find. Yeah, if you have your own YouTube videos, if you have your own blogs, your own products, you know, they're going to search. There's a field now for if you have your own YouTube channel. Yeah. They, there's keywords for your channel, you know, for so that's, it's all super relevant. And a lot of companies now, they expect the artist, the composer, the producer uh, to create their own metadata because uh, they just they're overwhelmed. I mean, you could either give it to the library, to the, you know, to Pandora, to, you know, uh, any type of, uh, you know, I, I always go back to photography, video, any type of, uh, you know, clothing line, whatever it is. If you want the company to do the metadata for you, they'll literally take months and months and months. So right. you're behind, you know, they have so many other clients, they have so many other, you're going to be way down here, but if you have great metadata, you go up all top of the list. So now all of a sudden you're going to be found much, much sooner. One thing that I've noticed is when musicians are asked to do their own, um, I mean, metadata contains several things, mm -hmm. but one of the things is genre sure. or mood. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk further about that stuff a little later in the show. But when you ask musicians mm -hmm. to identify what it is that they've got, they often get it wrong because they can't see it yeah. from an objective perspective. Mm -hmm. So what's worse, wrong metadata or no metadata, or they both suck? <laughs> um, I guess they both suck. <laughs> I mean, some, sometimes I always tell uh, artists and composers, just don't, just, just don't stuff it or just don't put irrelevant information in there just because you think they'll find it. Right. Because if they do find your music, your songs, your cues, whatever the case is, any any product you have, um, you know, back in the day, if you had a software company, companies would put in Pepsi and Coke, hoping theirs would be found. Right. But then start getting penalized for that. Because and, Google's algorithms yeah, are then, that smart. Exactly. And also the customer realizes, you know, that the information is relevant and they don't trust you anymore. Right. So same thing with uh, a music supervisor. If they're trying to find music on your site, your portal, your SoundCloud, and music pops up that's not relevant, uh, they're gonna stop going to you. Sometimes even if music's great, because they don't have they don't have time a lot of times to find yeah. music that doesn't match. You know, give them what they want. Hit the bullseye. Yep. Don't go around. You know, just because they have an electric guitar solo, don't put Van Halen and and, and you know Zeppelin and you know all these great virtuoso guitar player types just because there's a solo in there. You know, right. if it doesn't fit the style or the t technique, and you know we find it all the time. I remember I once asked a friend of mine who's a video editor, uh, back when keyword stuffing was still pretty predominant, mm -hmm. actually, and libraries were actually doing yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And the editors would get a, a bunch of, of music, you know, in a bin where they might have like five or ten thousand tracks that they're potentially using on a show. Yeah. And this guy would pull something up based on keywords. Uh, 
and it wasn't right and yeah. he would look to see who the composer was and from that moment forward would try to avoid that anything yeah. done by that composer and it could have been the library that, yeah. that stuffed it it sure. could have been the, the library relied on the composer to come exactly. up with the keywords they both hurt in the end yeah yeah and it's, yeah it, it, it's like um it's always better to give them two or three things that are really close than 50 just in the ballpark yeah because yeah you don't want to waste their time and uh, like i said you know it, it'll stop using you it's kind of analogous to a dating site you know if you were oh, yeah. a single person using mm -hmm. a dating site and you liked you know 25 year old female redheads yeah. and it pulled up um exactly. guys with black hair that's another example <laughs> of metadata yeah <laughs> you know make sure you put your you know your your what you know what you like things you like and not you know well, you and I have something in common, which is shoes and shoes. Okay. And part of the reason that I came up with taxis, I used to be a shoe salesperson. Oh, wow. okay. And I worked at Macy's Shoes. For a while. Okay, so <laughs> you know, if a lady comes in and asks for a size seven and a half B Potosois pump mm -hmm. um, in beige that she can wear with a dress to a wedding, and exactly. can you match this color beige? Beige, and you give her like a bass Weijin and Cordovan and mm -hmm. a nine and a half D men's shoe. She's gonna look at you exactly. like you know what yeah. kind of drugs are you on? Exactly. S same thing. Totally. So, uh, can we talk about? People often ask me, where do I go? Where do I put this stuff in? How do I do it? So I'm going to pull up a slide. Yeah, I think that... a lot of the uh, just the basic tools would be like, uh, I guess, iTunes. Um, you know, I guess I, on PC, I guess you might have QuickTime or Winamp or, you know, there, 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 there's a lot of software, different metadata for organizing, you know, just your, your, uh, your albums, your artists, the songs. But that's really just, you know, maybe maybe they, maybe they might have the song titles, the composers, the publishers, the label, things like that. But they don't get into the moods and the descriptions and the actual keywords, the instruments. Um, so, yeah, as far as really basic, you can do it with iTunes, but you're very limited. They, yeah. don't, they don't even have, at least last I checked, they don't have a, a publishing field. You actually have to put the publishing uh, under the notes. Right. So that's not a good thing, I don't think. Well, so. what about libraries? Um, oftentimes, libraries will say, don't bother doing the metadata mm -hmm. because I'm just going to do it when I get it because okay. they feel that there's going to be more accurate. But there's some basic metadata. And for instance, I want to let you guys know that uh, Liz, who is the woman that packages up the music before, when it leaves taxi and it goes into a disco file and goes out to our clients in the industry, she said, it's astonishing. She's working on um, a batch that's going out today of 150 pieces of music. And she came down here and said, Michael, would you please mention on the show that members will use like a partial song title. It could be the rain falls in the mm -hmm. springtime and the artist will put, excuse me, just put rain yeah. because they know the song and they sure. colloquial, I, colloquially, I guess mm -hmm. would be the word, um, call it rain in their own head for their own purposes sure. on their own sure. desktop mm -hmm. to their family and friends. Oh, where's that song Rain? But when a company like Taxi is putting this together, we have to go back and look at their song list and mm -hmm. go Rain. Oh, here's one Rain comes in springtime. Sure. That's got to be what they're talking about. But it does create room for error because Absolutely. they didn't have the full title. So let's talk about what the even if you're dealing with a library that yeah. doesn't want mm -hmm. the full boat of stuff what are the critical things that every song should have well definitely put the entire title if yeah. it's called rain uh there's so many libraries even within libraries that have the same exact title right and so they'll get confused if you they'll possibly use your cue on a show 
but if you don't have your proper information, they're going to put the you know the, the composer publishing information for a different composer. Right. So you're not even going to get you. You finally got the placement, and you won't even get the money. <laughs> I saw my song on so, Animal Planet. Um, I, I mean, didn't get bupkis. Yeah. I mean, every library is going to be different, obviously. But as a composer, definitely put the artist name, okay, uh, and the title, and then. Uh, that's about all I would put in the actual file name. Uh, I know some people like to put their phone number down or their email within the actual file name. Uh, I prefer just to put that in, in like the in the actual metadata somewhere in the background, like through an iTunes or some other type of software. I mean, I use SoundMiner, but that's more like, I guess, for like bulk. Yeah, and that's also pro level software. Yeah, yeah that's but quite a lot expensive. Yeah, right? but a lot of uh, uh, yeah. I was gonna. We should probably update some pricing later, but. Uh, I mean, it's probably like three hundred bucks, I believe. That's uh, all, oh, yeah, you know, taxi's three hundred bucks. Yeah, and mm -hmm. people say, I can't believe it's three hundred dollars because yeah. they think it should be free or it should be, you know, nineteen ninety five. Sure. So I don't think a yeah. lot of and people might, will yeah. invest. They might in have these. a pro one that might be a little bit more expensive, um, and then there's some other software out there as well that does similar things to that. But uh, but yeah, definitely. Um, in just the file name we're talking about, I'll just put the, the name of the title. Yeah, uh, the entire full version. Don't put alt mix or version three oh. don't put any of that in put in the with final, the title right the final full master version and the name of the artist or the composer and uh if you really feel like you have to put your phone number down or an email yeah but that can be put in the back end in the background through an itunes or right or a spreadsheet so, a spreadsheet you send out but so for most people yeah because most of the people watching the show aren't doing stuff in bulk and they're not sure. going to do a spreadsheet so they would be doing one or two or three or five or ten sure. at most um yeah, yeah. so yeah. is itunes the most common thing to get basic metadata? Yeah, I think for basic, it's, it is iTunes, and they do have, I, I believe, some type of batch process okay. uh, that you can actually do your entire, you know, like 100 songs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so um, so I don't think you can do it through iTunes itself, but there is a way to do the batch processing. Uh, so that's that's definitely important. You can sometimes just put your initials down. If your name's really long, you might want to just put your initials. I know a lot of libraries have prefixes to determine what library it is. Right. But um, a lot of libraries and, and music supervisors want you to know it's an artist. They don't right. want it to be a library, production library artist, because it's, you know, a lot of times it's... It connotates it's, yeah, it's, it's a, cheesier exactly. or something, so not as cool. So it is good to put the artist name so they know you're a real artist. You know, right. Just some uh, production piece of music. Not that, you know, that's, that's bad, but they want real artists because sometimes they want to promote you. They want to promote you on Spotify. They want to promote you... Uh, through, on the show through type of some type of uh, some snipe or some type of you know uh, cross promotion on, on their website or their social media right it makes them look cooler and it helps you exactly. sell more music and get your your yeah. brand out there mm -hmm. so let's talk about this common fields for metadata um, obviously uh, you know we've just talked about the basics being uh, your name the song title your name and some way to contact you people uh, you know I saw people this weekend that joined taxi that gave us an email address but they didn't give a phone number when they signed up for taxi we have had situations where uh, for instance one day we I told the story a thousand times uh, we had some guy uh, Oh, a Bruce Willis movie uh, called Looper, and they wanted to license this gentleman's song for a scene for 5000 bucks for that yeah. film. And uh, we had to call the guy. 
he was out plowing his field when oh, we called right. him and he said you're going to charge it. i said you're going to get a sync fee for five grand and he's like why do i have to pay five thousand dollars to get my song <laughs> in a bruce willis movie uh, and in the end he said i don't care i'm busy plowing right now oh, uh, and i can't go inside to take care of it so his song didn't make it in the movie but we did have his phone number there have been other scenarios where we had an emergency situation we need to reach somebody and email was all we had yeah. and they were at work so we couldn't text them we couldn't call them and sure. they lost the gig wow. so um okay yes, yes definitely email phone obviously alternate phones uh, <laughs> alternate emails you know make sure you know you don't put your work email and then uh you know you decide to quit and you forget to update your email you know or you get fired god forbid yeah but definitely stuff you know, happens yeah yeah i mean just life be, changes you yes. move uh-huh like a gmail account is always safe uh even a lot of people have their own custom emails that right. they you know register their own domain name and a lot of times there's issues with uh, you know with the server or you, you, maybe your domain name expired and you don't you forgot. I had, that, and, I had that twice this weekend yeah. where I got emails from people and they were at like, you know, BobLewis.com. And when I went to BobLewis.com, the There's site didn't there. exist. Yeah. Let's talk about some other common fields for metadata. I've got that up on the screen right now. Um, yeah, definitely. So genres we've touched on. Um, is there a recommended way for people to really know what genre they're in now? Because genres are very gray area-ish yeah, now. And, yeah, and I mean, the delineations are muddled. It depends. Yes, it's, it's some uh, definitely subgenre. You want you want to probably drill down um, as much as you can. If you're an artist that has multiple subgenres, I would make the subgenre your genre. If you have, interesting, if you're so like, you don't need to say that it's dance and it's this form of dance. Just yeah, go right to whatever exactly. form yeah. of dance. Yeah, it some is. some libraries, uh, you know, some websites are just dance, just rock, just jazz, just. Uh, well, I should break, break it down even further. Just trap, or just R and B, just punk music, you know, surf rock. So you don't want to have to put down rock, you know, surf rock or retro. Just it is what it is. And uh, but if you have a lot of subgenres on their genre like 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 latin music you know, mm. latin is such a broad term it's it's there's hundreds of subgenres of latin music there's t dozens and dozens of subgenres in jazz and rock every main genre you can think of and uh i guess it depends if you're just a singer song or an artist you might want to go the traditional route like of a billboard or a record store if you're doing production music uh, the 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 genres and categories are different for production music. It's not the same. It's not the traditional. That's a really important fact. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a moment. Um, you know, yeah, the bill the the genres that you might see in Spotify or the Billboard charts don't necessarily exactly relate to no. what you see as a music supervisor working in a reality show, exactly. and you get a library. So, can you talk about some of those differences? Some point out like a couple of obvious ones. Sure. Uh, a lot of times, uh, like even say tension, tension suspense, that's like a genre production libraries will look at. But there's all different types of tension suspense. Depends on the show, the production company, the the network. Uh, it could be rock. It could be orchestral. You can have urban tension suspense. You know, so it, it's very, you know, so it, you, you kind of have to have both. You have to put them both in the in the metadata. Okay. But the top category might be tension, suspense, or urban tension. Um, if it's just a, if you have a lot of urban, then I would put urban, and then maybe tension, suspense would just be one of the moods. 
But see, uh, you can rattle this stuff off because you're an end user and you've been doing this for a long time yeah, now. It, yeah, it, it, what it, about it, somebody who's a composer sitting mm-hmm. at home working, you know, in a corner of their basement? Mm-hmm. How do they know what they've got? I, would, I know, I, taxi. I would make, yeah, usually in a case like that, if it's just an artist with 100 pieces of music, you know, do the traditional billboard genre, you know, whether it's urban, rock, country, orchestral, uh, you know, singer-songwriter, and then maybe the sun, sub-genre would be more like if it's urban, is it trap, is it R&B, is it soul, is it funk, if it's rock, is it, you know, rockabilly, is it heavy metal, you know, is it... Uh, know it's traditional rock and roll and I feel like they should run it by another person to get a little more oh definitely definitely I mean when I do um, you know I do a lot of curating and a lot of metadata for tons of libraries and uh, every one of them does it differently so it really all depends on the end user and, it, and the actual company you're working with I mean you go to the biggest companies like Helitrax, you know Megatrax, Extreme, APM they're all gonna have it completely different and uh, when I try to create a brand new library and do the entire like the navigation the top level all the subgenres. uh you know i used to go to those sites i was kind of like the go-to yeah and none of them had this they're all different there's no standard so um you kind of have to have all your information on a spreadsheet and then depending on who you're giving that information to you kind of have to at least least you have the information there now it's just a little bit of tweaking we we find that it's not uncommon for a library to run a listing with Taxi, reach out to us, and ask for music in a certain genre, and then they'll give us links to two or three examples, mm-hmm. and, and the examples they give us are not that genre. Exactly. And we think how that happens is that a library owner is talking to another library owner, mm-hmm. or maybe a composer that works for yet another sure. library, and uh, over the course of a lunch or a phone call or something, uh, says, yeah, you know, we're, we're looking for a house. And mm-hmm. so library owner number two goes, yeah, uh, I need house music, but <laughs> doesn't know anything about the genre. Mm-hmm. And so comes up with these lame examples. And it's like, which do you want? Do you want music that sounds like the references sure. or do you want house? Yeah, worse yet, it's a home improvement show about building a house. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, so that, can, that can happen too. Right. That's a great point. You know, yeah, uh, I think, you know, for everybody, for, for composers, for artists, even for libraries, uh, yeah, you have to know who the production is, who's the production, who's the client, what's the show. Um, it's it's kind of an ongoing thing. Unfortunately, it's not something. Okay, I'm done with metadata, and I can sit back and relax. Right. Um, a lot of things that you know, it's really everything's mood based now, mm-hmm. especially for production music. I don't know, if, you know, it, it, there's two different things. It's you know, it, we can either talk to the artist or the, the production libraries, but it's no longer just like we're saying, just genres. It, it's uh, it's moods. Um, and also keywords that I would wouldn't be traditional for like a composer, like tasking, deliberation. Yeah, let's talk. We were talking about this right before we yeah, went live. Um, How many of you know what tasking music is? I knew, but that's because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I mean, this I live and breathe the yeah. stuff like you do. I used to think it was like busy music, tasking, like very busy, very frantic and frenetic. And it's no, it's just yeah, it can be anything depending on a show if it's. Like, yeah, if it's a uh, scientific show or if it's if they're doing surgery, it could be right. very electronic, very th- cerebral. You know, if it's uh, a car mechanic show, maybe it might be rock. Yeah. If it's a uh, hair salon show, it could be EDM or urban or, you know, hip hop. So it all depends on the show. But those are keywords that 
they'll look for editors will look for that music supervisors will look for competition deliberation like what's deliberation like so many i guess 20 years ago there was no reality television so now it's all uh you know competition shows you know elimination being voted off the show right so usually it's just tension suspense maybe anticipation drama but now you have to actually put those little nuances in there you know, like elimination, deliberation. And uh, that's very different from what you might uh, tag your stuff if you were thinking in terms of Spotify or exactly. Pandora. Exactly, completely different, completely different. Yeah, they're yeah. not even going to have elimination. No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. So, yeah, those are, those are different things you should think about. Uh, What's it, the difference it, between a genre or a subgenre and a style? <laughs> style would be more like, um, so it would be, you know, urban tension but then they might want for style to be more like uh adventure fantasy uh you know for for uh trailer music you know so it, right. trailer music can be modern orchestral it can be rock it can be pop but it's you know for, for the style. so you could say um orchestral orchestral action hybrid for trailer yes mm -hmm. and those would all be accurate Oh, let me pull that up. Uh, yeah, we have some. Yeah, I did some uh, genre mapping examples to kind of break it down a little bit. Mechanical. No, let's see. Do I have that one? There we go. Okay. All right. So talk about this. Yeah. So this is just a general breakdown of what I did as an example to show how you can really pinpoint and drill down. Um, this is more like for production music for so for score. There's different types of scores. There's, uh, there's cinematic, there's drama, there's dramedy, there's trailer music, there's sound design. So, and so you know, you can break those down even further. It, it just keeps on going down the rabbit hole. So cinematic obviously can have action, adventure, it could be horror, uh, drama, uh, investigative. Uh, emotional, which is something that you know, you have to be careful. A lot of times, ask people ask you for emotional, or emotive, right? And it could be happy, or it can be to sad. Get back to the right. I will have the right screen for you guys sure. momentarily. Where is my mechanical one? There we go. And then, um, yeah. So, so dramedy. You know, we know it's more uh, drama, comedy, not really serious. You know, it can be very quirky, sneaky, plucky. Yeah, you know, um, you know, that's a great one because everybody seems to know, understand what dramedy is mm -hmm. now, but not all dramedy is the same. No, dramedy in the context of keeping up with the Kardashians would be different than sure dramedy that would be used for "Aren't those puppies adorable?" Exactly. Or whatever that show exactly. is called. Yeah, the sneaky and playful. Yeah, and, and now I think they've overdone the pluckiness so much that yeah. they want to get away from the pizzicato. You know, they want to get away from it, but I have a theory. It's not unlike ukulele you know happy clappy mm -hmm. music uh with the ukulele. It, yeah. yeah there's still a ton of it out there this there's, it's, it's the safe music and that works out they always want a new sound right something that hasn't been done before they'll try something new that's great but they always tend to go back to what the safe music so is I say typical quote-unquote reality dramedy give them something plucky and pizzicato-ish but do it on a uh Ukulele. Yeah, they'll use a lot of uh, mallet instruments now, a lot right. of like vibes and a lot of, you know, glockenspiel and things like that. I have a theory that you can change anything by 15% and get them to go, ah, that's genius. If you yeah. change it by 20% or greater, like, well, that's odd. <laughs> you know? It's true. It's true. Just a little different, you know? It's like, do you want your 
steak with mushroom sauce or shallots tonight? Yeah, mushroom shirts a little bit too much. That's a, that's a 20% area right? <laughs> where you have to push back. And I, I did put a couple of the other, like, you know, uh, just more examples of, like, the subgenres broken down. That would be more like the uh, the style and then maybe, like, like second-tier type of styles. Mm-hmm. And just kind of music for, like, uh, like for... So cinematic music can be action, adventure, horror, and then obviously you can break that down even further. You know, action can be uh, chase music, you know, it can be battle, very percussive, a lot of, uh, a lot of percussive, very action-oriented music uh, is great. Um, if, you, if you have great, uh, if you have an actual percussionist yourself or you have a great percussion library, I see a lot of un- beds of percussion yeah. underneath orchestral Right, because sometimes it's just not doesn't have the energy and the driving elements that well, on, the orchestral on its own. Yeah, so you can get a yeah. lot of more uses just with the percussion, just with the bed. So like a drone, you can yeah. put drones under anything, and that's why uh, you know sometimes if I do a lot of cue sheets for a lot of shows, you literally have a forty-two minute episode with forty-five minutes of music. Wow, and we're like, how's that possible? Because music is just stacked on top of each other. And also you have the ins and outs and things like that, but uh, definitely a lot of like percussive, yeah, um, and you know drones and there's a lot of uses for those. Uh, We've run a lot of listings in the last three years, four years in particular, um, looking for just plain old percussion tracks, nothing but percussion, and we'll get five hundred to a thousand mm-hmm. submissions on that. Yeah. And I think the last time we did one, we had like 610 forwards because people got it really right. Yeah. And there's such a wide range of styles. If you just ask for plain old percussion tracks, mm-hmm. you're going to get, you know, drumline stuff. You're going to get Afrobeat stuff. Yeah. You're going to get Latin stuff. You're going to get robotic, futuristic yeah. stuff. And, and it all works. Yeah, that's an example of subgenre for percussion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? You got the marching band music, and you got the the orchestral. Yes, you got the the Latin, like you were saying. And I just, you know, put put a few more examples just to kind of uh, so you can see how it breaks down further. Right. Uh, so you know, I did one for drama, uh, one for dramedy. So I'll be, maybe put those up really quick, and uh, you know, I can come up with some other ones too. Um, I'll make sure I get the right slides. Which uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the next one, maybe. The one after that? Yeah, I think that um, one. Yeah, right. I think that one is dramedy. Maybe one before that is drama. Let's try. Do you have that one? This one. That one. I don't know. Where should I be looking? Uh, example, example one, two, oh, or I three. I guess the left side, I guess. No, but example one, two, or three. Um, uh, what does yours say? Example two. Example two. Sorry about that. Okay. No problem. There we go. Yay. So again, just an example of different types of drama yeah. is all it says. So obviously you have emotional heartfelt, which is completely different from dark mystery, and then just emotional uplifting. And then, of course, you can break down further. The mystery can be you know, CSI, criminal, investigative. Emotional heartfelt can be broken down further to romance, tender, uh, tender moments. Uh, uplifting emotional can be very corporate, empowerment, success. So again, these are just a lot of this is just these are styles, but also kind of like like just in, you know different in a style of or uses for you know. You just gave me a mm-hmm. great idea, mm-hmm. and I'm going to need your help with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set up a section on our forum 
where members can ask other members for okay. opinions because it's one thing if you ask your mom or your cousin or your next door sure. neighbor, you know, what genre, what subgenre, what style. Yeah. You're not going to get great information. I had a bunch of, uh, when I did my presentation, a lot of, uh, of the members were saying, oh, could we send you this? Can you give us advice? And yeah, sure. And yeah. they got like two or three people who sent stuff to me. But <laughs> you probably had 20 people ask and only yeah, two or three which is actually fine, followed which is fine. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. But by the way, you know, ultimately thousands of people will watch this show. Please don't send Joe your stuff and say what genre, the, you know. <laughs> Unless you're going to send them a big fat check with it, because yeah, I mean, work. You know, time is money. I listen all day. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, but that way at least they can get opinions from other people who are in the game that can be more objective than they sure. can about their own stuff. And we have toyed with the idea, seriously talked about this numerous times, and I just talked to Joe about it earlier today. We're thinking about starting a tagging service here for members. Um, and we're just trying to find a way to do it as well as we do everything else. And once we figure that out, we may actually launch that for you. That'd be great. Um, let's talk about moods. And let me see where that is. There we go. Yep. Go to okay. Okay. What? No, no. So yeah. Uh, so definitely moods is, is yeah, like like we, like we we touched upon before is. Uh, for production music, um, and you know, for just for anything. I mean, I, I think like uh, I went to uh, the Guild of Music Supervisors. I think breaks up music as far as like music for television, music for film. I think they have music for documentaries, trailers, and then video games. And I think promos for television. Yeah. And, you know, trailers for film. So those are like the main things, and they're always going to ask. Uh, either in the vibe of or in the style of <laughs> or this mood this is what we this is the mood we're, we're you know we're, we're feeling that we want to convey for this scene so it's always mood and, and it's so important it's almost almost the most important thing really for production music now I think. It, it seems like it's yeah. become more important mm -hmm. over the last five yeah. years it used to be people searched more by genre <laughs> But yeah. now the genres are, there's so many subgenres yeah. that and there's so the many editors, hybrids and crossovers. Yeah. Like pop the editors music don't is. know what stuff is called. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, what do you need? Well, I need sad for a funeral. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, you have, to, you have to break everything down, yeah. Uh, to genres and subgenres. And, and then tempo is very important, too. You know, tempo and music. There's a lot of different things that I think we had in one of the other slides of, uh, but definitely, definitely mood, tempo. Uh, subgenre is probably more important than genre because genre is just too too general, too too uh, too broad. You know, you need to right. be a little bit more specific. Uh, what's the name? Of, uh, there's a, I mean, there are a hundred of them, uh, websites where you can go to figure out what your BPM is because I know that that's important to some people, especially when the editor has already cut a scene mm -hmm. to something, then they find out they can't use that piece yeah. of music and they need to replace it with something sure. of identical BPM to make sure. the cuts work. There's, I mean, a lot of the software, a lot of the, uh, like, oh, like, like Logic and Pro Tools, they'll have it, you know, we can do that. But there's uh, this software out there, uh, I think it's a BPM Maestro, I think is one, it's free. And uh, it's very accurate. I, I test them out all the time just to make sure how accurate I've it is. I've seen apps on phones where yeah. people just sit there and tap along yeah. with the, the kick drum and boom. You yeah, BPM is really important now, uh, especially uh, for you know for trailers and for you know unscripted because there's so much music back to back to back to back to back. Uh, they don't have time to speed up, slow down. 
they, you know, everything has to be seamlessly, you know, whether it's the same key, which right. is another thing Ooh. that they're asking for now is key. Really? If you have the same key and the same BPM, then it's a seamless, you know, mix. You know? So at that point, the editor is almost like a DJ in a car. Yeah, most editors don't care, but the real good editors will get into key and, you know, BPM and, you know, different textures, different instruments, different, you know, genres, subgenres. That's true. I never thought about that. Um, because, yeah, if you go to a different key that is just wrong in the yeah. scale, even, you know, sure. I mean, it, it's just going to, yeah. like... I mean, if you're writing new music, just do the work now instead of once you have 500 pieces of music and you have to start from scratch. Right. Like, definitely put in the key, put in the BPM, the tempo, because sometimes the tempo is different than the BPM. Explain. Like you can have a you know a, a a a tempo that feels fast, but the BPM is slow. It's more like the feel of it. How does it feel? Um, it, so yeah, sometimes like 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 a waltz say can feel fast, but the B, the BPM is slow. But it kind of feels a little you know it's a little bit more like this. But the BPM is right. It just it's a slow BPM, but it feels a lot faster. It could be. Um... We've had this where we've had members take us to task on, it doesn't happen much, but you know, a few times a year maybe, where we put out a listing and says they're looking for mid-tempo stuff mm -hmm. and somebody will send us an email saying, that's not mid-tempo, I tapped it out. Exactly. And, you know, and, and I mean, there are that's a good... te technical delineations about sure. what is low, you know, slow, what is mid-tempo and what is up-tempo. Yeah, but... It's a good guide, but there's always kind of like, you know, it's a little mid-tempo to up-tempo and, you know, yeah. slow. That's why we put mid-up-tempo yeah. on the listings now. We're yeah, tired so, of getting uh, those emails. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's really more the feel of it with, with tempo, but that's important. Definitely put in your, your BPMs, your tempos, your keys, if you have it. I mean, you literally, uh, you know, it takes you, uh, you know, some people take a couple hours for a track, some people take a couple of days. <laughs> Doing that little time of space, get the key, get the tempo, get the BPM, and your instrument, the featured instruments, are very important too. So that's really important. Um, yes, uh, talk about that. For yes, a some editors, some you know, producers, directors, showrunners, whatever the case may be. Yeah, they might only want certain instruments, so they might not want an instrument. So right, saxophone. saxophone. Most people don't want sax because it'll step on the voiceover or step yeah. on the dialogue. Well, they'll want violin. They'll want piano. Um, and then you know, if, if you have like an alt version, those are really important too. You know, and and uh, you know, and and I always say that the, the descriptions in your alt versions and submixes and stems is also important. You know, you can't have. Uh, you know, especially now production live, they'll, they'll ask you for five or six stems for one cue, and they'll have the same exact description for all five stems. Even they'll have, you know, orchestral with, you know, woodwinds and brass and percussion, you know, but the version that's stemmed out only has the piano. Right. So you kind of have to, you don't have to necessarily do the metadata and keyboard and descriptions for every single stem. But at least put something, you know, version with piano only or right. version without the brass. So that at least when somebody looks at it, they will look at the description. They're not going to look at all the keywords. There's just too much information. That's really just for someone to actually search, you know, whether. We, I don't think that this was something you talked about in your class. Maybe it is, and I just haven't gotten to that slide mm -hmm. yet. But title is okay. something that we've pushed for years around here yeah. being a marketing nut like i am um i understand the value of a good title sure. and 
you know, if you're writing something, uh, if you've written a piece of music that could be good for a Tide commercial or mm -hmm. Febreze or yeah. something, and the visuals, you know, in your head are, are going to be like sheets on a clothesline blowing in the wind mm -hmm. out in a, you know, beautiful meadow on a sunny day, mm -hmm. you might want to call that piece of instrumental music My Sunny Day. Sure or something like exactly. that. It like definitely helps, definitely helps. But just after a while, don't, you just run out of words. So what I was thinking, you know, if you have a certain, like say, beautiful day, right? you know, uh, keep beautiful day and then add something beautiful day, you know, in the mountains, <laughs> right. beautiful day in the garden. So if you, you know, if you've run out of, you know, synonyms, I guess, you know, you can just add to that. Uh, right. Because that's what happens. You, just, you know, if you have a lot of music, you're just going to run out of adjectives. And then, but just don't call it, I see Q's called, you know, John's house or, you know, Bob's. Right, something completely you know, unrelated. And they think, they're like, ah, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. It does matter. And uh, Especially if you're an editor scanning, you know, yeah, a playlist of a sure. hundred things on your screen, the one that sounds... There's a word, titularly. Uh, well, anyway, if the title works, <laughs> if the title jumps out, if the if the editor's looking for something that reflects sure. a beautiful, breezy day in mm -hmm. a meadow, and your thing is called My Beautiful Day or A Sunny exactly. Day, that's going to grab their eye much faster than John's house. Yeah, you can tell some of the, the cues that were, that were scorched for a specific scene or a specific film that, you know, like uh, Appalachian, you know, mountaintops. It was made for, like, some type of discovery thing. Right. And then it might not work for some, like, action scene where there's a car chase. But the music might work. Just the title doesn't. So that could hurt you in a case like that. But uh, so maybe a little bit more general. But, yeah, as long as the mood is in there somehow and maybe the tempo or the rhythm or something, you know, it's really kind of... So how do they get all that stuff in if they're limited, if they don't have any of the software like SoundMiner? Um and they're working strictly with iTunes and using that. Should they go ahead and still put it in the notes section? I would still put it. In, I would still put it in the notes section. There is a, a section where you can put some some like moods and things like that. Uh, you know, one of the things with moods is if you're going to be limited with iTunes. And um, like I notice, you know, when I do moods, I'll just have maybe. 12 or 15 major moods like a top level like happy sad uplifting inspirational you know fun um and then in the keywords variations of you know happy and sad you know sorrowful mournful melancholy somber tearjerker <laughs> tragedy you know because you don't want to just put that all in the mood but when someone's just searching they'll find that and uh, so it's good to have those versions but it'd be terrible if an editor or supervisor is looking for tragedy and you have something that's tragic, but you only put sad, they right. won't find it. So it's good to put that stuff in, and you can have up to like you know thousand characters. So you can put a lot in there. How many keywords make people in the industry look at you and go, "Okay, buddy, I see what your game is. I see that you're stuffing this." Because you may have something you just brought sure. up a great point. You could have sad, melancholy, somber. You know, sure. many descriptors that mm -hmm. would all be accurate for a piece of music. How do you know when you've gone too far? I think up to like maybe twenty, because you also have to put in like probably the instrument, the instruments too, and and right. the tempo, and uh, you know the the you know the texture. Is it gritty? Is it bright? Is it uh, you know dirty? You know things like that. You know, uh, so you do have to put that stuff in in there as well. I think, but uh, I think I think like twenty. You know, and, and honestly, as long as they're all relevant, they're not going to look at you anyway. You know. 
you know, if, if it's just in a spreadsheet, it might be a bit much. Yeah. But a lot of those spreadsheets, they could just import it e easily into like a Disco or to a Source Audio or to a Sound Miner. And, um, you know, most editors, supervisors, you know, even if you're going on um, Spotify or Pandora or YouTube, you're not going to look at all the keywords. You're just going to type in whatever what you're looking you for in the search yeah. and it pops up. So you're not really looking at the back end of how it all works. I've noticed that when I've looked at libraries that use uh, source audio as their mm -hmm. kind of music hosting format, yeah. and I see the keywords that are in there, it's pretty easy to see when uh, a library is using musician-generated yeah. keywords versus a, a professional that yeah. would know how to do it. And you click on the stuff, and I know as an industry professional, assuming that you think I'm a professional, because I know <laughs> I do, uh, and I click on the stuff and listen to it go, what the hell? Oh, the library didn't do this. They were relying on the musicians, yeah. and the musicians are like, Hell, I'm gonna put birthday music in there because somebody's gonna have a birthday sooner or later. Yeah. But it's it's a funeral dirge, and yeah. they put birthday music mm -hmm. because well, birthday and death day. Yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. No, I worked on a show, Dance Moms, and the library would give us music specifically for the show, and they would put you know, Maddie was one of the big dancers, Maddie's dance, and I'm like. You know, then what's going to happen when you put this in a different show? Right. What's Maddie's dance doesn't mean anything anymore? And it wasn't even dance. You know, it was like, <laughs> oh, so man. that's even worse. Aren't <laughs> and what if they want to use under something named Bob? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you just hope that whoever curates the library puts it in the right category and the editor doesn't care. <laughs> it, it's And the thing with Maddie's attitude now is... Uh, a lot of it is, you know, searchable now for editors too, like within like Avid, within you know, right. Pro Tools, even like uh, Premiere, uh, I think Final Cut. You can actually search a lot of that metadata now also there. So it's really important that the editors find it, supervisor finds it. And uh, yeah, if you have it on any site like uh, like an iStock or a Shutterstock or a Pond5, I mean, they expect you to do your own metadata. So that's the, those are great resources. I mean, I know a lot of composers make really good money on Pond5 and, and uh, sh you know, iStock and Shutterstock and, uh, you know, whatever the, the case. So, and, and it's all it's all keywords. Somebody know? once told me, uh, I think it was the woman who's vice president of Shutterstock, once told me at somebody else's convention that the secret to getting a lot of uses is having people in your shots. People shoot artistic shots like beautiful mountaintop, beautiful sunset. But she said, no, having people in your shots, but you have to have releases from the people who yeah. are in your shots. So mm -hmm. remember that. A lot, like um, people who look professional, like uh, in office settings, okay. she said, is, is one that gets used a lot. But you would have to keyword that stuff as well, too, because if you're somebody doing a brochure or a website yeah. and you're doing it for a dental office, sure. you're going to you create a playlist. You create a playlist for that style. Yeah. So I did uh, a lot of stock photography back in the day. So uh, I know uh, I would get all my friends and, you know, my good looking friend, my, you know, multiracial multi mix of different people. But right. edu yeah. educational is huge, healthcare. Business, yeah, and food. I used to do websites for food companies, and wow. I would take all the pictures, charge them for their food, put it on their website, repurpose <laughs> it, and put it up on you know, right on uh, Shutterstock and and uh, I oh, that's right because you still photo. Own the, you own the copyright. Yeah, so I own the copyright. And I would put it up, there. and you <laughs> and got was, to eat the food. Yeah, I got to eat the food. <laughs> I got paid to take the pictures, and then I made more money later. Wow, so and, what are you doing the, in the music the, industry? It, it sounds all, like a better gig. But it was all the same technology as far as we had to put the keywords in. We had to put the descriptions in 
and people found it based on my metadata. So it's the same exact thing with the music. It's it's all related, you know. Wow, now I want to sell taxi and do nothing but <laughs> order food, take pictures of it, eat it, and get paid to do I went it. to China and France and you know, I stock photo paid for my trip. Wow. Essentially. Just, nice. You know. But again, it's all the metadata. It's really you know, it's, it's really basic, simple stuff. You just have to do the work. It's not fun like we talked about before. You want to be creative, you want to produce and, and just write music all day, but you let's, have to do this. Let's go down this list of moods. Um, common moods for metadata. Um, yeah, this is just an example of the different moods that a lot of times the editors are looking for, or the producer, the director, that kind of just describe the different types of... It's actually a good idea to use a list like this, whether it's you... It's a good get... screen, screenshot of this, if you guys are watching. Yeah, there you go. For those of you who are uh, listening to it in your car right now... I got a lot of this, actually. Uh, I created my my own list, but I got some of this from, like, allmusic.com is a good resource for stuff like this. I think allmusic.com slash... I think keywords or, for, or moods even. For those of you, I know a certain number of our uh, taxi TV regulars are, are listening to the show while they're driving and hopefully not watching the screen, but <laughs> I'm just going to give you the first column. Aggressive, airy, ambitious, angry, angst, anguished, distraught is a, a slash, atmospheric, bittersweet, bleak, boisterous, bombastic, brash, bright, brooding, um, calm slash peaceful, campy, Carefree, cartoonish, celebratory, cerebral, cheerful, childlike, clinical, comical, confident. So that's just one out of one, two, three, four, five, six columns. And of course, there are many, many more. But my point is, if you look at what the industry is using mm -hmm. for moods, rather than trying to come up with your own words, yeah. you're much more likely to hit sure. the nail on the head. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some people want to be creative and add their own keywords and which is great i would put that maybe in the description if you want yeah. to be creative but um if you want people to find your music kind of use what they're looking for like what are they looking for and the thing like a, you know the meditation is constantly changing like i said you can't just sit back and say yeah so every you know every couple of months see what's out there just like styles of music genres there's new stuff coming up all the time so yeah. if they have if they have their own catalog of stuff that hasn't been picked up, is it worthwhile once a quarter or twice a year to go in and revisit the stuff that they've already tagged that hasn't been picked up by a library Definitely. and see if they can freshen it Definitely, up? Definitely, yeah. If, you, if you're submitting music to an animal show, you know, add a little things like playful and cheerful and... You know, for, for like an animal show, little puppies playing and, and things like that. that Speaking, um, you know. sorry, go ahead. Finish that thought. <laughs> no, no, just so, and, and you know, if, if it's, um, there's so many reality competition shows, uh, like I said, we mentioned before, like things like, uh, if, if it's very driving competition, you know, uh, and it can be anything, it can be, you know, like Southern rock, you know, rock music, uh, modern orchestra, very fast, very driving, very bombastic. You know, exciting. That's you know, you can use that all for competition and, and uh, anything slow and pensive and kind of anticipatory. That's all. Write them down. <laughs> I always tell people if you can zero in on a show, and I'm speaking mostly of reality shows now, just because sure. they use so many cues. It's just like the easiest way to get into this thing is submit music that's good for reality. Yeah, I mean, even some scripted stuff too. Nowadays. So, but. Sit down with a legal pad and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, or you could do it with an iPad if you're tech savvy. <laughs> um, and while you're watching the show, make notes about this kind of cue 
this kind of mood, sure. any notes you can, so that you get a feel for what that show routinely uses, exactly. and then you could create music that would be apropos of that show. Absolutely. Especially if you find out a certain library gets a lot of music picked up by that mm -hmm. show. Make it easy yeah. for everybody. One of the things I used to have to do is whatever artist was hot. Right. You know, I would have to go back and this cue sounds like this artist, but they would ask you specifically, we need music that sounds like this artist, and whatever the flavor of the month was, and I have to, have to go in and add. Didn't but, you mention somewhere in your slides yes. not to do that anymore? Now that we do not have to do that, I'm like, thank goodness, I don't have to go back and do that anymore. So I actually had to go back and remove all Why of do they not want, because of legal just, reasons? Just legal reasons, lawsuits. I mean, you're basically telling them, hey, this, we purposely made it sound like you. Right. And even if it's just in a vibe, even if it's not a total ripoff, even if, if in court it won't hold up, you don't even want to go there. Some people are still litigious. And, and it's not even the artist. It's the, it's the publishers. They're going to want their money, and it's just safer not to even put it up. Uh, we'll some, put it in our listings. But oh, we, no, totally, totally. But, but we also make sure that we say to people, you know, look, they don't want you to rip it off, number one. Sure. Number two is would it fit on a playlist with these artists? Because exactly. that's really... That's, in most cases, they don't want something that sounds sure. like Van Halen. Yeah. They want something that sounds like a band that would have been on the charts at the time Van Halen was on sure. the charts in that mm -hmm. same kind of style. Exactly. But they're not looking for a replacement. Exactly. Yeah, and actually some uh, sites, actually, you can you could hide that information. You can put in, like, David Bowie, The Beatles, you know, whoever, The Beach Boys, and the songs, the cues will show up. But the publishers oh. know, hey, these guys are being tricky. They're hiding that information somewhere. You can't actually find it because they hidden failed. But a lot of companies are stopping doing that. I think overseas, maybe in Europe, some places are okay with that. But here in the States, I've noticed uh, everyone's staying away from it. They won't even, you know, they'll, they'll remove that stuff immediately because it's not worth it. But, yeah, for a listing, it's perfect. And they're always going to send you, you know, reference tracks from artists. Right. You know, so we know it sounds like that, but... You know, just don't put it in the actual keywords. Don't put it in the metadata. Right. Because you're asking for trouble. Um, before we were talking you can, you about... You put it in uh, your notes, though. You can put it in your notes as a side thing. Hey, this sounds... These are my songs that sound like these artists, but just don't... And, and say, could have been on the charts with. Exactly. Right? Because, you, look, you're not putting music out sure. there that you're trying to supplant what a particular artist or has done. Or it fits in the same playlist. Yeah. Yeah, like you said. Um, so we were talking about animal stuff before, <laughs> and I want to give a shout-out. I see Cass McKenty, uh is in the chat room. Cat or Cass is the proud father of a new baby pygmy goat. So congratulations. Um, <laughs> nice going, Cass. I mean, most people have human babies. You had a goat baby. <laughs> Doesn't get. I happen to love goats. I saw somebody mention something about Song Trader really quick, but uh, I know they. Uh, they actually, I was speaking to somebody who, who does stuff with them, and uh, they kind of tried to, uh, you know, minimize the amount of keywords you have. They'll have, like, just five or six main keywords right. and moods. And then um, and then they'll uh, have maybe three alternate versions of those moods. Right. So they don't want you to have so much information in there. Yeah. Um, well, you but, know, but look, again, I, I've seen, like I said, I've seen libraries that clearly – the library didn't do the work. They had the musicians doing the work, and they yeah. and the people just stuff so many keywords sure. in there, and you listen to it and go, sure. none of these are apropos. Sure. So. And it's important for the library. They should do the work because they know what their clients are looking for better than the composers. But 
if you are a composer or an artist and you really get good at this, it's only going to help you. Like I said, you're going to jump up to the top of the list because a lot of these libraries and, you know, production companies and even a lot of these, you know, stock sites, um, you know, you're going to have so many people ahead of you that they're going to get to. And, you know, by the time they put your music in, it's going to be months, months and months and months. And that's potential money you're losing that you could be in a show. You know, it, it's we get this call and email from members quite often where um, I was introduced to a music library through Taxi. Mm-hmm. You guys forwarded my music. They reached out and they sent me an email saying they were interested or they wanted to do a deal with me. And sometimes, you know, they sent me the contract. So I reviewed the contract. Uh, I sent it back in. And now I haven't heard from them for it's been three months. What's the deal? That's the deal, is they're so bogged down putting metadata in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have friends that are library owners, and I'll talk to them frequently after work. Uh, Most of my conversations happen with them actually after work, and and they will often lament. I'm sitting here doing, Uh you know, accounting basically, and they mean entering metadata. Yeah, and it's a pain in the butt. Totally, total pain in the butt. It could be tedious, but you know, it can be fun too. You know, really? How can it be fun, <laughs> if, Joe? If the music, if the music's good, oh, you know? okay. Yeah, <laughs> and it usually is. You know, not always, but yeah. I mean, how nice. much dramedy can you listen to and Ex- still call it fun? Exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, you hope the artists and the composer give you. You know, we try to have them. You know, put it in a certain format, uh, so it's just easier to. You know do a little homework one of the things actually which is great you know if you guys do want to get like like say sound minor right uh, spend a little extra money if you have a big library if you have a lot of songs if you have a lot of music uh, there's a lot of scripts you can run so you can actually if, if we'll sometimes for the big libraries that I work with I'll tell them hey give us your cue you know with the library prefix mm-hmm. the composer prefix the name of the track the version of the track the BPM, and the key. So you have a really long thing like this, which is crazy. You would not submit that, you know, probably to a, to an actual site. But with that, if you put an underscore in between each one, you can actually create a script that puts each one of those in, in the, the right field. In the right field. Oh, and good then to you know. Can, and then you can do a batch process that creates a description for you. Uh, based on those individual fields. And then after you do that, you can clean up the file and just make it, you know you know, awesome cue number three, and get rid of all the other information, but at least it's in there. And but that's all information that, um, you know, different libraries will ask for, and depending on what they need, you give it to them. If they don't need it, you don't give it to them, but at least right. you have it, you know? And you can do literally batch process of 10,000 cues, you know, wow. just on that, as long as you know the genre, the subgenre, the mood, and, you know, they'll give you folders based on that. Yeah. You can just, it'll just save you hours and hours of time, or days, weeks. Wow. <laughs> So that's a little I didn't shortcut. Know that. That's great do. information. Yeah. So really, the average citizen, if you will, the people watching mm-hmm. the show, they could do that. They could, just by putting the underscore in, they're making it yeah. easy for the libraries that have sure. some minor sure. to import their stuff and, and much faster. Anything. Yeah, that's what they're C- going to love you for that. That's what a CSV file is. It's comma. It's like a comma delimited. You, right. you can either do it by underscore. You can do it by dash. So you can. You know, break it up by the dash, by the underscore, and put it in separate fields. So you could do it by comma delimited yeah. as well for sound minor. Yeah, that's amazing. And you information. know, so, that's the way source audio. You can you can do yeah. things like that as well. Yeah, that's great information. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, let's talk about strategies 
for lyrical themes. We haven't touched on that yet, and I really, really want to because um, it's very good. similar just to the basic, you know, subgenres. You know, I mean, some people just there's so many different types of love songs, inspirational songs, songs about heartbreak, reflection, parties. So just have it some type of terminology, you know, so it's not just love. I mean, you can be feeling love. It can be uh, attraction, relationship, uh, inspiration. It can be, there's so many different types of inspiration, you know. Right. Is it so, like um, patriotic inspiration? Exactly. Is it you're my hero inspiration? Exactly. Is exactly. it uh, religious inspiration? So it's just important to just kind of have like a little terminology of that. So I just gave a couple of examples. Uh, uh, I, I think maybe there's a slide after this. There just, is. Just, a, just sort of a breakdown, like like, and and so many like, especially the ad placements and uh, you know summer songs and you know they, they you know there's certain just just. What about keywording? Um, pulling your keyword out of the chorus. Let's say you've written a song mm -hmm. about uh, female uh, beat-driven, dancey yeah. female empowerment songs. Are really big in fashion sure. advertising. Sure. So um, you know the girls and I are going out on the town kind of stuff. Um, I don't need anybody. Sure. You know I certainly don't need. Yeah, those things. I've got my act together and I've got the world by the the tiger by the tail, as it were. So. Is it fair game to take, uh, let's say your course is I've got the tiger by his tail. Sure. Can you keyword tiger? Tiger. Or, oh, that's a bad one because it's going to show up for zoo stuff, right? <laughs> no, but it could still work. I mean, hey, if, if you have a, a, you know, tiger in it, yeah. who knows? Maybe they'll use it for. Uh, <laughs> right, that's true. They'll use it for Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> you know, you'll never yeah. know. And yeah, whatever, the, definitely the hook is super important. And it's the general theme of the song. You don't have to put every lyric in there. Can you take like the the key phrase from the chorus if you've got like a five word key phrase that yeah, comprises the hook? Yeah, if it's very specific and um, it makes sense uh, on its you own, know, right? Yeah, isolated. definitely. If it's isolated, definitely. Uh, yeah, if it's a general theme that's used over and over, which you know, everything for the last 40, 50 years has kind of been just recycled a little bit, and you know, who let the dogs out? There's an example. Exactly. Um, okay. No, definitely, definitely dogs and, uh, you know, in, in that situation. But, yeah, definitely the entire tag, the entire three or four or five words from the hook. You know, love, I'm, I'm looking, let me catch up with myself here. I've got these on paper. Um, love, yeah, falling in love, infatuation, attraction, relationship. Um, uh, we get this request quite frequently throughout any given year, um, looking for uh, familial love. You know, I love my mom, I love my sure. dad, I love my family Absolutely. versus I love you, Joe. Exactly. Right. So no, yeah, and try to be general. Uh, it's always good. You know, I'll bring back, go back to Dance Moms because we used to do so much custom music. We had like five songs every single episode. I'd have to reach out to a lot of labels, a lot of production libraries, independent artists to write stuff. Um, it's always, even though that there were girls, and you know, dancing, they, you know, sometimes they'd have group numbers and sometimes they'd have boys dancing with them. So it's, it's always good to have us and we, you know, because if you're, if the, if the person, the song is being played as an underscore is female, but there's a guy singing, right. you know, uh, if you say he and him, Very then limiting. You, you're limited. So try to be a little general where, when possible, it kind of helps, uh, you know, if, if you're thinking about trying to get placements. 
I mean, if it's very specific to, you know, male, female, whatever the case may be, then obviously don't do that. But if you're thinking more bigger and, and actually trying to get placements for films and ads, definitely stay away from the him and the her and the she and us and them, we, those are good things to... Right, inclusive and group-like. Exactly, um, because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it could be a guy singing and with a female. So a lot of times if it's a female, they want a female song. If it's a guy, they want a, a male. But in a case like that, it wouldn't really matter. Or you can kind of... Same thing applies yeah. actually from a production uh, standpoint. Gang unison vocals mm-hmm. work much better for commercials uh, than harmony stacks. And the reason is because gang unisons, people... If if we were together at a party with a group of friends, we mm-hmm. wouldn't sing in harmony. We would all sing in the same sure. key, you know, mm-hmm. and it would be a group of people. So by having gang unisons in music that goes in commercials, it feels inclusive and makes the sure. audience feel like they're part of it. Exactly. And they can, everybody can sing along with it. Yeah, that's great. Try that's and sing it, yeah. the har- high harmony part from <laughs> Take It to the Limit. Can't do it. Can't even sing the low part. <laughs> I can't sing at all. Um, Okay, let's go back a little bit. I want to talk about do's and don'ts of tags. General yeah. do's and don'ts. And let me find. Yeah, I think that. we mentioned some of that before. Uh, you know, don't stuff irrelevant information. Right. Because uh, you know, if they keep finding your music and it doesn't match what you're saying, it is. Right, you can only get away with that yeah, twice, they, and then they're not gonna, blacklisted. Yeah, totally get blacklisted, and uh, you know you lose your integrity. Really, uh, definitely, uh, you know, famous artists uh, because of obvious reasons, just just because of all the legal issues going on, especially now, uh, you want to stay away from that. Um, like definitely stems, uh, alt versions, alt mixes. Let's talk about some some words that we you would use. To connotate or annotate stems, um, a lot of a lot of it depends. Some stems are, are really good standalone, like yeah. uh, you know acoustic guitar and piano, you know version, right? Um, and then just talk about just because in piano it can be a full orchestral piece, but to, you know acoustic guitar and piano have a life of its own. I know so many composers who they get a lot more placements placements on their stems than they do from the full version. Seems like uh, that's almost a rule of thumb yeah. nowadays. So, so would you would you call that like solo, solo piano, solo guitar? Um, uh, I would put down um, you know acoustic guitar or and piano only. If they were both yeah. playing, yeah, that stem, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and then uh, I know like Discovery, they won't even take stems. They only want like standalone, uh, you know, um, alt mixes. Because sometimes you'll have a stem that's you know five minutes and. There'll be a violin at the thirty-second mark, the one thirty, and the two-minute mark. But right. there's so many gaps in between; it doesn't really stand alone by itself. So anything that can stand alone, if it's a violin throughout, a piano throughout, an acoustic guitar throughout, a percussion throughout, uh, for hip hop and pop EDM, the grooves are really important. You can just have just the bass and drums, and uh, maybe you know, and they stand alone by themselves. They get a lot of placements just yeah. in the groove. They don't want the melody sometimes and. Like I said before, if there's a thin cue that doesn't have a strong, you know, beat, they'll use you know the groove of the beat underneath that, and you'll get you know dual purposes. Unrelated to tagging and metadata, is it a, a truism in your professional opinion that less is more almost all the time? Yeah, <laughs> from I'm talking about instrumentation now. I, I hear this so often that it's just like a hip hop beat, mm-hmm. but yet. 
musicians are compelled to try and do their best, sure. which I certainly understand. Everybody wants to win the race. So there's layer and layer and layer, but yeah. the stuff that you hear actually getting used is very stripped mm -hmm. down. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, a lot of the virtuosos are <laughs> losing work, you know, yeah. <clears throat> because yeah, it's, it's, it's just too busy. It's just too much, and uh, you know, we have some great you know musicians that I know work with different libraries, and a lot of times my the favorite pieces of music that I love don't get the placements because it's just it's just too busy or it's just too and <laughs> too good sometimes. Yeah, for for just for for film or for scripted or for, especially for like reality, it's just you know like like you said, it has to kind of dummy it down a little bit, strip it down a little bit. Doesn't mean it it's bad. And, uh, and, and don't worry, because uh, musicians, I understand, you know, you don't want to dumb anything down. You want to show quality. You want to sure. show that you're really, really good. But you know what? There's brown shoes and there's beige shoes sure. and there's black shoes. Sure. And, and you can have flip-flops and you can have a $400 pair of shoes. Yeah. Just because you're making flip-flops doesn't mean that you also can't make the $400 exactly. shoes for the right circumstance. Yeah, I mean, it's harder to make something interesting and sound good without being overtly busy and intricate and just have so much going on. If you can pick something really simple and basic and it still sounds great, then, you know, that's a talent in itself, too, you know? Yep. I mean, just think of the Beatles. It's the kind of the most fundamental, basic. There's nothing show off. You know, there were good musicians. None of them were great. Right. But it's the most popular music, you know, best band ever, in my opinion. And yep. it wasn't crazy over the top. You know, they weren't virtuosos. So it's an example right there. Melody, really. lyric, and beat. Yeah, yeah. That's what pops through. Um, any, well, we've probably already touched on lyrical theme do's and don'ts as well. Uh, let me get up to that page. Vocal song. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. You know what? Let's go to that page for a second. Um, where did I go? There we go. All right. So, yeah, let's talk about those. Um, vocal song do's and don'ts. Can you uh, elaborate on that while I've got the screen up, please? Sure. I mean, other than the obvious of putting in, you know, the general theme of the song and maybe the hooks. Uh, definitely, um, you know, I always have lyrics, you know, if possible in the metadata or available, readily available, easy, especially for a film or, but, uh, and also for captioning, like shows need captioning. They want to get the lyrics and, um, for the, you know, for the, for the transcribers and if they're going to like also, uh, transpose it to a different language, but explicit lyrics, drug use, uh, those are things you have to violence. Uh, either have a clean version, bleep it out, or mention it so that they can cut around it, you know? So how do you mention that? Let's say a song's got a lot of profanity in it, which nowadays is more and sure. more common, even, you can even put, on cable. Can, I guess graphic language, it's not It's not necessarily explicit, but graphic, you know? Do people ever list the actual F word or uh, whatever the word no, might I, be? No, just explicit, it's good enough. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to say what it is. I mean, a lot of shows, uh, films, documentaries won't use it if... Uh, you know, if there's like rape, drugs, violence, you know, they won't use it. Regard even if um, I mean sometimes even if that part isn't in the song, <laughs> if right. if it's in the actual, you know, if it's not no use, if it's in the actual song itself, they won't use it. You know, or if it's, uh, I mean, I've had situations where there was a film where, uh, you know, it, you know, they it was about like. Um, you know, there was, there was a rape, and there was like like transgender stuff, and there was like K 
killing and murders and it was kind of like you know very graphic and even though the scene we were going to use a song and it was just a christmas song very positive very happy based on the just on the you know because of the song the, the content of the, the the movie itself they wouldn't use the song and it it happens the other way around too they won't use a song uh if it has you know i think some musicians live uh under the misguided belief that if I leave that in my song and they love the song, they'll reach out to me, which if you're Aerosmith would be true, sure. uh, if you're a famous artist. But if you're not a famous artist, they're just gonna go look for another song that exactly. doesn't have it. They're not gonna ask you for a clean version. Yeah. Well, they may ask you for a clean version. They'll ask the library for a clean sure. version. But if it's a chain of events that's gonna take a day or two or three, sure. they need that sure. problem solved in yeah, minutes. And if it's possible, you know, just mute it out. Yeah. Have a clean version. It might be too hard to go in and redo the whole thing with a clean version, but at least mute it out if you can, or mention it. And you know they'll probably still use it. Yeah. But just so they know to cut it out, uh, or trim it out, and not put in the actual scene. If there's uh, lyrics in a different language, it's also important to find out what it means in that language, because uh, you know who knows what they're saying. And uh, you we know. just recently had a, a listing for. Thai music, and one of our members very kindly offered to have his ex-wife and his daughter by his ex-wife, who also speaks Thai, that if we needed them to uh, listen to the stuff to make sure that the lyrics mm -hmm. made sense, that there was no profanity mm -hmm. in there, and I said to him, I think we're going to get like two submissions for this, mm -hmm. and we're going to let the library solve that problem, but thank you. <laughs> I thought that was very, very kind of him to offer. Um, you have a slide called What to Listen For, and... I'm gonna go to that. First of all, I love the graphic in this. Um, things to listen for when extracting key elements of a track to determine the genre or subgenre, and, and you start with the tonal quality, which is something that we touched on before. But um, as far as yes, I guess that's just as far as how to categorize it. Yeah, like if there's uh, you know you can have an acoustic guitar or piano, but then there's a lot of uh, synthetic synth or maybe there's a loop under it um i probably wouldn't put it under you know acoustic i probably would put it maybe more under like uh like synthetic or electric because it's it, it, more like a hybrid so what if um, it's a hybrid with an acoustic guitar I, would somebody would it be fair game to put acoustic guitar and, and definitely, synth in no, no you definitely have to put it in the keyword if it's something that's very important but yeah. as far as just but if it's not that important, as far as the top in there yeah then it probably would be it depends if it's pop music um then it would just be like you know pop you know it'd be like a little right. bit if it's electronica if it's you know it can be pop dance pop rock but i wouldn't put it under acoustic uh if it's just you know um like strings and, 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 and violin and uh, just very organic instruments, then it'd probably be orchestral. But if there's a lot of, if, there's, if it's more modern and there's, a, there's an actual uh, a loop under it or electric guitars, that would be more like a modern orchestral thing or uh, a hybrid, which would be modern orchestral essentially. So, right. so if it, 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 yeah, so whatever the, the, the main hook or the, the main, because you, you might have, an, you know, um, a hip hop song that's very, you know, orchestral with strings and there might be a little breakdown with just violin and piano where that in itself is acoustic and very you know classical but i wouldn't put that under classical or 
you know, organic or acoustic. Right. Just because that little piece, even though it's a standalone, it, it, it is. So right. definitely put that in the description. Hey, there is a breakdown that has acoustic. Oh, that's a great point. You know, so right. I mentioned that in there, but that wouldn't be the main. This is Would more, it be fair to also mention there's a breakdown at a minute and 29 oh, absolutely. seconds? So definitely, they definitely. Could go right to it? Yeah, that's something I would definitely put in the breakdowns for sure. You know, any, in the description, any, any type of breakdown. So this is, as far as tonal quality, that's just for determining what category or genre that you would place it in. Uh, that's really just what, what that's for. And, and as far as the rhythm and groove, it's, you know, you, you can't just put it on the land. You can't just put it under country. There's so many different types of country. You have to listen to it. Is it Zydeco? Is it modern country? Is it bluegrass? Is it Western spaghetti? You know, and a lot of it depends on the rhythm, the groove, same thing with jazz and especially Latin music. You know, it could be merengue, or, you know, it can be reggaeton, it can be, you know, bachata, samba, tango, depending on what the rhythm is. So don't just don't put it under Latin. And what determines what genre it is a lot of times is, you know, the rhythm and the groove and, and the, the textures and the instruments that are used. So, wow. So. Um, I really like the idea of us starting a uh, part of the forum where people can go in and get opinions on, on sure. keywording uh, their stuff, uh, you know, what, what genre, subgenre, mood, all that stuff is from other people. Uh, we've got 10 minutes left. Do you want to do a little Q&A sure. with, with the troops? See what these guys, so guys, uh, let us do some Q&A. I hope you guys are as learning as much as I am on this episode. Pretty fascinating stuff. Um, Greg Vaughn says that would be a couple of people saying they like the idea of doing a keywording part of the forum. Great, we we will do that. Make it a visit the forum more, more often. Yeah, you know, I say this so often on the show. The forum is such a tremendous resource because you know social media is great but it's very ephemeral it's there and it's gone yeah. whereas the forum is like a living breathing mm -hmm. it's like encyclopedia britannica that just keeps adding pages mm -hmm. um i know encyclopedia is very much out of fashion now with google and the internet but this is a dedicated place where this information gets updated and is a continuous living, breathing resource. And the members that use the forum a lot swear by it. Mm -hmm. So awesome. I'm all about awesome. my forum. Um, okay, I came in late. Uh, should you include <laughs> your contact info? Yes, Marion, absolutely. Um, yeah, we had, um, there, there was a screen here uh, up on top, I think that said some of the important information definitely that you should include besides the, Besides genres, mood, subgenres, tempo, cue type, under in, in additional, additional important, important metadata. Okay. That's all really important stuff that you should definitely put in in, in right. your metadata. Take a screenshot of that, uh, Marion. I'm only going to leave it up for a couple more seconds because everybody else who is on time saw it already. <laughs> all right. Uh, going back to our lovely faces, um, and let's look at some other questions. Yeah, so what we got. Will libraries and or supervisors take the time to search with keywords on the internet? Um, I'm guessing that person means, you know, like... Um, yeah, that's how they search for music. They're gonna, just a, a regular Google search versus searching within um, the library? I think if it's just a regular Google search, that's one of the things I showed in the presentation was, uh, you know, a lot of independent film directors, a lot of mom and pop shops, a lot of... Uh, 
you know, national companies, they're not going to go to libraries sometimes. They're not going to go to supervisors. They're not going to go to APM or Megatracks or Killer Tracks. They're going to just go to Google. Right, because they don't even know the term is a yeah, library. Yeah, so I actually did show something where you can just put in certain keywords, you know, the, the genre, the mood, uh, the style, and a lot of these libraries, they show up on Google. Like a lot of the playlists, right. they will show up on Google. Because the libraries have gotten better about their SEO yes. to make sure that they do yes, show Yes, so a lot of, uh, I think Megatrax, APM, um, there's a few companies like that, they show up in the, the first page. Yep. So they're getting a lot of business through people who ordinarily have no relationships with anybody in the industry. And especially, like I was saying, for mom and pop shops and, and uh, local broadcasters, radio people, they're going to go to Google. So definitely they will just put random keywords uh, in Google, Yahoo, Bing, and, and find music. That was weird. What, the lighting just changed. What was that? Uh, do you know how to operate that thing? Because if you don't, it'll make a mess. <laughs> then don't worry about it. Um, it felt like everything went dim, think, didn't it? I think the, uh, just the overhead. dimmed down, yeah. yeah. All right, well, the show's almost over anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we have no idea. Um, I'll have to talk to the lighting crew about that. Um, okay, what programs allow the metadata to be inserted? Sorry if you posted it. And somebody I mean, else asked before, this is stuff we covered earlier in the show. Yes, yeah, SoundMiner is what I use. That's the one that would embed it. Uh, if you have an account with Source Audio or Harvest Media, um, they'll, in, they'll inject or embed the metadata right. into your files when you download it. Um, and then the other company I haven't used is Netmix Pro. I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, yet. that's another company that's kind of like SoundMiner's um, competition, I guess, that they do something similar um, where they'll actually take all your metadata, all your keywords, your artwork, and embed it into the file. So if, uh, you know, 10 years later somebody finds your uh, your music, as long as your phone number and email don't right. change, they'll, uh, you know, your metadata will be intact there. And if you open it up in iTunes or... Even if you right-click on it, do like, you know, info, control info, the information will show up, the keywords, the composer, the publisher, any contact information. So that's what I use. And, uh, you know, if you want to invest, you know, it's either do I get the new plug-in or <laughs> do I get SoundMiner? Yeah. How much is SoundMiner again, do you think? Uh, I think it was like um, they, they had a few different prices. I believe it's like 340 Forty something dollars. That's like the consumer, yeah, the, the and, entry level. Yeah, version and then of they it. Had, and I did see something for about eight hundred bucks. I mean, I got it. What oh gosh, got it like eight years ago. So the price has changed since then. Yeah, but we can definitely, you know, maybe somebody can look it up really quick before we get off. But um, yeah, so it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's not terrible. But uh, it is, it is a little bit of investment. Um, have you had a chance? Did you meet um, Keith LeBrant? Um, at the Road Rally, one of our members created a thing called Composer Catalog. Okay. And I know that, honestly, I've not used it because I'm not a composer mm -hmm. um, and I don't have songs. Mm -hmm. Boy, are you guys lucky. Uh, <laughs> but um, I understand that it does a really good job of handling metadata and it's much less expensive. So consider that. Okay. Um, yeah, one of the things a lot of I've met a lot of people saying, hey, you think it's going to go AI one day? We're not going to need you to manually do it. And, uh, I, I read a lot of companies that use these AI software. It's not 100% accurate. Obviously, it's probably more like you know 60% accurate. It might get the moods. It might, right. it might get a major, minor key, BPM key, 
and gen general get, mood. But I, yeah. I've had conversations with quote unquote professionals, like four or five guys, just recently talking about like rockabilly music. Where we, you know, we had a bunch of submissions for rockabilly, and you know, like five of us disagreed on everything, and we're supposedly no music. And yeah. we couldn't agree on it. So how is the computer some type of generated software? I'm sure at some point it will, but I don't think, I think it's several years away before it actually, so the human, in other words, in other words, we still have to do it ourselves. We can't just, uh, you know, there's AI software out there that can determine what a hit is and it's mm -hmm. never really taken off because yeah. it's still not that good. There's something about human beings that at least for the time being have to be involved in these sure. processes. Mm -hmm. um, all right, I want to wrap this up. Uh, don't oh, I have. I was going to say, don't forget. Oh, I know what you can't forget. Don't forget. I can never get this right. You got it. Yeah, there you go. Don't forget to ring that little bell in the upper right hand corner so you get notifications whenever we go live. Um, and of course, if you're not already a subscriber. Do you know how much money we spent on that sign? <laughs> Feel sorry for me and hit the red subscribe button in the lower right-hand part of your screen, okay? And like us, because the more that you like us, the more YouTube likes us. The more YouTube likes us, the more people will see this valuable information and get their, I was going to use a bad word, get their stuff straight, okay? So with that, oh, don't forget, next year we will certainly have Joe back at the Road Rally to do a class. Oh, cool. I mean, he's a celebrity now, oh, Joe. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for, Thanks, for doing guys. this. Thank you guys for being part of Taxi TV today and watching this show. Hope you learned a lot. And next week, uh, I actually made a note somewhere. Where is that note? Um, okay, I reminded them. To, I'm looking at my notes. Very responsible today. Um, Huh? Oh, I've got it for uh, for next week. Yep. Um, anyway, next week's show is going to be uh, silly mistakes sync musicians often make. Oh, okay, a lot of those. So Elise Schiller, yeah, Elise Schiller's going to join us for that. Um, she's great. She's super smart. She was also at the road rally. So um, join us next week for silly mistakes sync musicians make. I could make a poem out of that. Thank you, guys. See you next week for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you so much.